The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Brandon Junior Hockey fans, you've waited two decades for this. In the league's 50th anniversary, your Wheat Kings are the champions. Well, good week once again. Welcome to episode 54 of the Weekly Harvest, where we talk all things Brandon Wee Kings and the WHL. Weekly Harvest presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wee Kings and home at QCountryFM.ca or wherever you get your podcasts. Proudly sponsored by Q Country and Coors Light. My name is Chris Falco. He's Brandon Crow. Crow, how are you this week, bud? Man, I'm just loving life. I don't know if you can hear out. In the, I'm probably not. But I can hear, I can hear a bull roaring and the cows mooing out the window and the chickens are You're back having home. a time out we there. We were talking, remember, yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago how the podcast was interrupted by the sirens and you almost had like a little mini nervous oh. breakdown while we we're recording. Just you just had it enough with the city sounds. So now that you're back on the farm, everything is good. Life is. Oh, I'll tell you, life's better. Like when you go to bed out in the country and you can open the window and you hear nothing but trees rustling all night long, and there isn't a vehicle that drives by for like 13 hours. <laughs> it is just peaceful. So I'm glad to be home. Uh, it sucks that I have to isolate um, because I crossed the border and because unlike the players and coaches, I wasn't in that controlled, tested environment. So I got to isolate until Saturday. Uh, so I kind of went from one uh, kind of lockdown situation to another, but at least I'm home here. You know, I tilled the garden. I planted some trees. You know, I've been moving some some bales, cleaning up the yard. It's given me all sorts of time to catch up on the the stuff that I missed out on uh, while I was in Regina. So I, I'm pumped to be home. And you, uh, you went straight from a busy hockey season to a birthday season. Uh, your youngest boy, Briar. Did you did you say you had multiple birthday parties because of the gathering limits? How did that work, there, Father of the Year? Yeah. So before all the new restrictions came in, it was the week of his birthday. So we had like three mini sort of parties. So and all you know, legal, safe, socially distanced, the outside things. But because we just couldn't get away with it, I mean, he he's he's turning six. So like he, that's you know, a big birthday. It's a, it's a birthday, a big birthday. And it wasn't as if it was birthday like you know his friends. The three party was 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 just to see other family and like you know our friends kind of thing. Like it was it was nothing uh, too insane. But yeah, that was a very busy week. And now we get into baseball starting this week. So uh, baseball starts uh, this week for the little guys. So we got Tuesday and Thursday baseballs. Plus we still have a uh, gym going on. So no life is. Uh, Life is still very busy around here. It's just been continuing to clip. Uh, before we go any further off the top here, Crozy, I got to say that uh, one of the absolute highlights of this entire hub has been when, uh, you know, we get to work pretty close together uh, during during the season on everything that we do. And uh, when we get to put together these crow's nests and, uh, and, 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 and I get these raw files that have all kinds of fun little tidbits that... Uh, some of the good ones, I can't wait to grab Kelly beside me and I'm pull him over McGinnis. I'm like, you gotta watch this. You gotta see what Crow just messed up on. You gotta see this blooper. But for you to combine all those bloopers into the amazing video that, uh, that we saw, I promise we're gonna talk about this in the pod. I don't wanna, I don't wanna delay. For, for me, this is like in the top couple minutes that we gotta, we gotta talk about. Uh, hilarious blooper video. 
just fantastic. Uh, yeah. One of my uh, favorite things that we've done out of all the professional pieces that uh, that have come together, uh, that one might just be the greatest. And it's getting the most traction as well right now, more than any crow's nest or <laughs> anything else that that I think uh, I've ever put out um, or that you've done. Uh, 40,000 clicks. 36,000 people have seen it. It's amazing. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, you got to go check out uh, Crow's Twitter at Brandon underscore Crow. Uh, and uh, speaking of Twitter, we are going to be setting up the, the official Weekly Harvest podcast Twitter just to have like a central home to some of the stuff too that we were kind of talking about. Um, but uh, your 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 bloopers. So what we're going to do is once we get the official Weekly Harvest Twitter up and running, uh, it's most likely we think it's going to be at underscore Weekly Harvest. Um, but uh, I have got screenshots of your of your bloopers, some of the better <laughs> ones. They are so meme worthy that we are going to have a podcast contest that people yeah. are going to be able to go on to the Weekly Harvest uh, Twitter. <laughs> They're going to be able to uh, to take one of our favorite uh, templates and they can make their own uh, caption. And, uh, oh, I can't wait and, for this. And best memes are going to win some exclusive Week King prizes. So look out on our official uh, Twitter for that. Again, it's at underscore Weekly Harvest. Um, Funny little side story. Somebody took at Weekly Harvest, but they have never tweeted. So if we can't get that from them, we're going to just stay at underscore Weekly Harvest. But, but there uh, is a chance that it's ours. We just don't remember ever doing it. <laughs> none of us. Like, I don't remember doing it. Kona doesn't remember doing it. But uh, regardless, that's going to be like our first tweets going up is going to be uh, Crow's bloopers and, and making memes because it was just too good. Uh, let's just kind of For break the down. record, though, yeah, let me defend myself let's, here. Let's break down the fourth wall and tell people about that video. So for... For, what is this? This is my fifth season, sixth season. So I I do this pregame video before every game. It's the Pizza Express pregame report. This year it was the Precision Toyota game day report. And I usually do it at ice level right in front of the players bench. And honestly, and I'm not I'm not being cocky here. I, I am very rarely a two take guy. Like nine times out of 10, I can bang it out in one try. And even if I stumble a little bit, I'm usually pretty good at recovering. It's one of the skills, very few skills that I actually have, is my ability to recover and, and save it. Because I don't want, it's game day, I don't want people dicking around trying to fix my mistakes or whatever the case may be. So this was shocking to me when I finally put everything into one folder. Because you can kind of see as the video goes on, like this is all, these are all time, like, the order of the blooper reel is like the order that things happen. So you can, you can actually kind of watch me lose my mind <laughs> in real time over the course of two minutes. And it's one of those things where I don't know if it was a year away or just, I don't know what it was, but I just couldn't get it together. There were so many times where I was furious and there's a lot of things that didn't even make it into the blooper reel because they, they wouldn't have, uh, they wouldn't have flown even with the beeps. So I, yeah, I don't know what happened. It was just kind of a, a time where you're stuck in four walls. You overthink everything a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it was certainly entertaining. I, I'm shocked at the amount of traction that it got. I've had people reach out to me, people that I haven't heard from in years send me videos of their, like their parents watching it or their kids watching it. Uh, one girl <laughs> uh, from Nipah, her and I went to school together. She said to me in a private message, she said, I am not joking. My family loves this video. And of course, they know who I am from when I was a kid. And she sent me a video of her mom watching it. And she said, this is about the fourth time my mom's watched it. And she's still laughing in the video. So I'm glad it could bring some humor to people's lives. But it was 
it's just embarrassing to watch. Really, it's painful. <laughs> to watch. Well, it's absolutely awesome. So, thank you for sharing that uh, with, with with everybody. Uh, coming up this week, we have got head coach the Brandon Wheat Kings, Don McGilvery, who is uh, so gracious to talk to us. Uh, Donnie's just a great guy, as we know. Uh, we got to really talk in depth, though, about the hub, about the season, about what the future is going to be holding. Um, you know, we've gotten to talk to him quite a bit lately, Crow, but uh, it's been. You know, in like little snippets here and there, it was really nice just to have a good sit down conversation with Don. It is, and and that's my favorite thing about Don, and 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 it, it's the same as with Dave Lowry as well. And I mentioned to you this before we clicked record. I, I really like Dave Anning, uh, and I consider him a friend. Um, and obviously, he's done great things with Compass Coach Lines. We've talked about them on the podcast. But one thing, and I tried to tell him this a couple of times, was that. The X's and O's answers are great for hockey people, but not all Weeking fans are hockey people. They want to know. Uh, they want to know a little more about your opinion, your feelings, your personality. They, they want to see a little more of of the light side or the angry side. And and every once in a while, uh, you need a coach to have some fire in his belly or tell some jokes or be light or whatever the case may be. And Dave was good at that as well, Dave Lowry. But the thing I really like about Don McGovery is that if you're a fan listening, and, and my, I'll use my parents as an example. You know, when Don talks. Um, you know, I think they can relate to him, you know, that they're, you know, they're in a similar age range, you know, they've got kids a similar age and he's just very personable when he talks and he, he tells the game in an easy to understand way. And I think fans and Brandon are really going to appreciate that moving forward with Don. He doesn't uh, mince any words. I mean, if the team was terrible, he'll tell you the team was terrible. And if they were good, he'll tell you they were good. And he'll tell you a few jokes and make you laugh along the way. So I think Weeking fans are really going to like, uh, you know, the, the, growth of Don McGilvery as a, as a speaker and as an interviewer here over the next couple of years as he's uh, into this new head coaching role. But we had a lot of fun with Don and uh, you know, he's, he's a great guy. What a great transition. Um, when he started, I'm going to pull up the stats here. So coming into this season, going back to his first uh, stint as a head coach in the uh, Western hockey league, his record coming into this season all time was 12, 26 and four as the head coach in the Western Hockey League. And by the time he finished, his record is 30-36-0. So he picked up a lot of wins in a short period of time, and I'm really looking forward to the future. So great chat with him uh, earlier on today. After we uh, air that, we are going to uh, talk a little bit more about the email inbox and some more stuff going on uh, with us. But uh, this week we thought this was a great time for us to do this, have a real nice uh, long sit down uh, just to talk about the year that was. It was a very special time in the hub. And like we were talking about, there is a lot to be uh, hopeful for going into the future. So episode 54, our guest here, head coach of the Brandon Wheat Kings, Dom McGilvery. Don, first of all, before we get into everything, how are you? How how nice is it to be out of the hub and be back home? Yeah, it's really nice to be home. I think that uh, everybody that uh, was in Regina, you know, enjoyed their time there, but it was nice to get home to see their family and, uh, you know, just get back to some sense of normalcy uh, on a day-to-day basis rather than having Groundhog Day happening every day. So it was, uh, it's been nice. I asked Billy and I asked Todd uh, in our last two pregame uh, interviews. Uh, I asked them each, what was the first thing you were looking forward to most? Was it a, I know you got your haircut today and that's both of those guys said getting a haircut, but was it going to a drive through grabbing a, a breakfast wrap or a burger? What was the one thing you were looking forward to? You haven't had to in the last two months. Uh, I got a coffee on the way out of uh, Tim Hortons coffee on the way out of Regina. Actually, that was the first thing I did. So uh, it's just, it's just nice to be able to, 
to go and do different things. But, you know, obviously there's lots of restrictions, so you can't really do a whole lot, but, uh, just to get, uh, get a coffee every morning, get, you know, get in that routine again. And, um, you know, just like I said, just being home with family was, uh, it's been real nice. The, the actual grind that you guys went through during this stretch, now that you've had this, you know, a little bit of time to, to do this, to try to get back to normal, to, to relax, when you reflect on it, what are some of the first thoughts that kind of come to your mind? Because I know that when we last talked, when you were leaving the hub, there was like very emotional responses, um, you know, because it was a long, long time being away. But now, now looking back on it, like what, 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 what are some of the memories that immediately come to your mind? Well, just the, the the structure and organization of each day. I remember, you know, every night sending a text to all the players, you know, this is the plan for tomorrow. You know, sometimes like because of practices and everything was all over the map in terms of times, you know, you had to have a different plan every day. So there was a lot of planning that went into it and to keep everybody on task and everybody organized. That's uh, it's a tall order, I think. And you know, I thought we did a pretty good job with that. Um, you know, obviously, um the hard part is being away from your family. I think that, uh, you know, especially, you know, in Mark and Todd's case, they have young kids. So to be away from those kids and their, and their wives and girlfriends for as long as they were and my, for myself, it was hard enough with my own kids and my family. So I think everybody, uh, you know, struggled with that at times, but, you know, we got along really well. You know, I think for 61 days, you're, you know, when you, when we weren't having a good day, you know, we went to our own rooms and just closed the door and kind of be, spent our day by ourselves. But there wasn't a lot of those days. We, you know, we spent a lot of time together and, and, you know, we, we came out of it, uh, you know, pretty well. And I think that, um, you know, the kids, the kids did a great job. I think that they, they got along really well. They tried to occupy themselves. We we did some fun team team events, uh, a couple of trivia nights, some ping pong tournament, uh, some competitions, you know, rookie idol, that type of thing. So those are fun nights and uh, things that uh, the, the kids will remember. And then obviously when you're winning hockey games, that makes it a lot, that much better. It's a lot funner coming to the rink when you're on a winning streak than on a losing streak. Donnie, you've got two boys that have gone through the teenage years, so you know what it's like when you get two boys that are maybe cooped up on a family vacation in the backseat of the car and they start to pick on each other and start, you know, uh, pinching each other and getting irritating. Were you at all concerned that that was going to happen? Because, you know, in a room, you've got so many different personalities. Were you worried about that? And then touch on how that kind of ironed itself out over the course of two months, because, you know, not everybody's going to get along every day. Yeah, I think it's not unlike your family. I mean, you have a brother or sister, you fight with them every once in a while, but you move on after that. And that's what, you know, a hockey team was about. I think it, it got us a lot closer. I think the guys did a real good job, you know, of being together. And then, you know, we, we drove in, in cohorts. So you're, at, you're actually, the rooms were the driving cohort as well. So you didn't get any separation in. And <laughs> when you got to the rink, you're with your rest of your teammates. So that, where you know you got you got to bond and and talk with other guys, but we also had some free time where we had you know uh, a floor of a, a dorm where there was you know like I said ping pong table pool table and space for the guys to move around and communicate with other other teammates. So, but you know I, I think like I said the dorms were set up such that each had his own room and then there was a common area. But if you if you didn't feel like being around your teammate or or anybody else for that matter, you could just go in your door or in your room and close the door. We just made sure that we had a good mix of young and old, uh, maybe some guys that 
we thought were similar in terms of getting along over that time time period. That's a long time to be with a, the same roommate. Usually, you know, you know, you know yourself when we go on the road. If you go on for a seven day road trip, sometimes your roommate changes a couple times over that time period just to get get a different uh, break or different voice. So this was a little bit different. We, we didn't have the opportunity to do that. You know, everybody stayed with the same people for for 61 days. But I think that, you know it worked out well. The guys worked together. They they planned meals together. Um, you know, they did you know individual things within their own pod, and uh, it worked out really well. In a regular WHL season, you hear from a lot of players that some of the greatest bonds that they experience come from the time on the bus because they're in these close quarters and they're spending all this time together can you put a a value looking back at getting the core and the young guys together for this long heading into next season like what that's going to do for them already wanting to play together again yeah i think uh this was take the take the bus trips and times it by a hundred you know i think that uh (laughs) You know, the guys were, we had some pretty serious poker games going on with uh, young and old. Like one, one I know I remember one day I walked into the room and there was uh, 12 or 13 guys playing poker and two tables and they had it like the World Series of Poker. And it was young and old. It was, it was a good mix of guys. So I think those are the things that those kids will remember. I think, you know, I, I remember when I played junior, you know, playing cards at the back of the bus and, and some of the games that we used to have. And, um, you know, I think they had the kids had a lot of fun with that. Like they didn't get tired of playing poker. They didn't get tired of of being together. And and like I said, I think the winning winning helps with that. I think that 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 definitely helped everybody get along, and everybody was in a pretty good mood for the most part uh, on a regular basis. And and certainly, um, you know, we tried to have fun at the rank as well. So um, yeah, I mean the bonding. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody went through it. Every team will be like that. So I'm not sure if there was, there's a big advantage for anybody, but I think certainly for the young guys uh, next year, I think the young guys got off easy. Like they didn't have to load the bus. They didn't have to do any of the rookie duties they normally <laughs> have to do. So I think they got off easy and uh, will remain to be seen if they have to do any of those duties next year. Certainly a, a wild experience. And Donnie, you've been around a long time in the coaching world and junior A and and through the CIS, Canada West, and then into the Western Hockey League. And then you go back to your playing days. So where where would this rank in terms of unique hockey experiences on the Donnie McGilvery resume of hockey? It would be right at the top, for sure. I mean, I would liken it. I mean, it, it, was, it, it was a grind. It was a, it's a... Uh, Every game felt like a playoff game, to be honest with you. You know, you're you're you're, you're getting ready for a single opponent on a, on a, a night to night basis, and every game felt like a, a playoff game. Um, but just the just the the fact that you're together for that long a, a time period, and then we had some very you know we had some things that you know obviously that went on throughout the hub, and then some significant games, you know, where we either came from behind or won in overtime or. Or, um, you know, the tight games that, uh, you know, that uh, bond your team together as well. But, and then obviously the, you know, we talked about, uh, going into those last three games, you know, we needed to win, I think two, two of our last three. And, uh, the coaches talked about, you know, we, we thought Winnipeg would sweep their last three games. So we needed to win two games. We want, we wanted to have, we wanted to have it wrapped up going into that last game. We didn't want to have to play that last game where where it meant that we had to win, and you know we accomplished that goal. So that was 
the last game we were pretty relaxed. I mean, you know, we, we didn't do our regular meetings. We, uh, you know, we just tried to have some, tried to enjoy the experience, enjoy our surroundings, enjoy each other. And I think that, um, you know, it was a terrific, you know, it was a terrific experience. Um, something that we'll never forget. The players will never forget for sure. Um, and I don't know, you know, until we go through a four, four round series, I don't, I won't be able to tell you, you know, what's different about it, but it was hard. Definitely was hard. And it was hard for all the teams, some teams harder, you know, than others, but um, our guys, our guys played hard. We, one thing I'll say about our team, we, we practiced hard and we played hard. We were the, we were a hard team to play against. You know, we drew a lot of penalties. We took a lot of penalties, you know, so we had some challenges, sure, but I think, uh, you know, I was really proud of the, the group of how they worked and competed every night. And, and our leadership was outstanding. I, I couldn't say enough about the guys that were wearing the letters on their sweaters. When the time does come and we can all get back into Westoba Place again and we have uh, this this banner ceremony, which is always super special for the for, for the clubs, anybody who says uh, any kind of an asterisk on this season be, because of it being the hub, I made the argument last week, Donnie, right here on the pod, that this might be even more so than a regular season, a a a more uh, justified East Division banner. What are your thoughts about the East Division Championship banner after the hub season? Well, I'll say this: I mean, uh, every team had the same opportunity to play for what was in front of us. So, you know, we we set some goals for our team. We wanted to be a good team, especially after we got through the first segment. We knew that we could play with everybody. Um, you know, we had some question marks going in, but I think that uh, we answered those questions, and um, you know, we we wanted to win. I mean, our mindset changed, you know, pretty quickly. Um, and we came to the rink trying to win every game. And, um, you know, I, I agree with you, Chris. I think that, uh, like I said, I, I don't, I can't tell you, I can't speak to a, a, a four round seven game series. I'm, I know that's very difficult as well. Been in, in, in lots of seven game series and those are tough, but this was different. This was, this was, uh, you know, every game you, you're playing a team that you've played before that you've beaten and they're ready to for you. And then you're, you're on a six game winning streak and every team's getting up to play. Uh, you know, so you had to be on top of your game. Um, the in game adjustments that we made, um, were significant, just like you would in a playoff series. The, the preparation that you, we went into it was just like a regular season game or a playoff game. Um, how you address your team afterwards, same thing. So there was a lot of similarities. And we, and we tried to simulate playoff rounds with every segment. So every segment we were trying to win, you know, the first segment was the one that we didn't win. You know, we went three, two, and one. You need four wins to get a, 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 a round. And, but after that, every series was a playoff. That's what we tried to simulate. And, and um, we talked about that and we talked about, you know, that we wanted to be as good as we could possibly be in that, in that six game segment. And I, th- I think our guys, our guys did a real good job of staying focused and on task. Well, certainly when you look at your opponents, I mean, Saskatoon and Winnipeg were certainly, um, you know, right neck and neck with, with the Brandon Wheat Kings as the, as the event went on. Um, but it, you know, it was, it was pretty much anybody's game, any given night. I mean, Swift Currents, scored seven goals twice they they had some big victories uh, moose job they beat brandon they had some big victories regina beat brandon you know it, it seemed like no matter what the record was on paper every night was a battle and you certainly touched on that but one of the things that drove me nuts was the hockey people and and even 
a couple of coaches, and we won't throw names around, suggesting that this is exhibition. It doesn't matter. It's exhibition. We're just going through the motions. Well, try telling that to a guy like Lennon McCallum, who very well might have played his way into a professional hockey contract over the last 24 games. So is that your mindset as well when you consider what he did and what some of these players, uh, I mean, you look at Peyton Krebs, he's playing for Vegas tonight, uh, thanks in large part to being able to play these 24 games. So uh, what's your thought process when it comes to, yeah, the season doesn't mean anything on paper, but when you look at it on a microscopic level, it means a whole lot to a whole lot of different people, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think every team came in with different goals and objectives. So, you know, Swift Current, obviously, I think when they went in, they didn't realize, they didn't think they were going to win. They had significant goals. They wanted to get better every night, and they did. You know, they had some t- – they, they played hard. They were a good team. They played uh, – their young guys played well, and they made some significant strides. Same with Regina. You know, Prince Albert, you know, suffered some significant injuries early in the hub, but they were one of the better teams. Like, and they're, they're, they're going to be a real good team going forward. And, you know, they – you know – I know that they talked a little bit about it being an exhibition games, but they played harder than any other team. So I, I'm pretty sure that they were playing for keeps, you know, and when they, when they beat Saskatoon, I'm pretty sure that game meant a lot to their organization. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I, we worried about our team. That's the one thing I do know is we worried about what we we're doing, what our goals and objectives. We had guys, different guys playing for different reasons. We had our 20 year olds trying to play for contracts. We had our 19-year-olds trying to play for contracts or to get drafted, to get seen. We had our 18-year-olds trying to get drafted. We had our 17-year-olds trying to get noticed. You know, we had our 16-year-olds trying to get their feet wet. I, I, I think everybody had different reasons to play. You know, I think when we came into the hub, we didn't we didn't bring in Burzan or Reinhardt, who could have been with us. And, you know, so we, we didn't know who where the goals were going to come from. We found that out pretty quickly that goals are going to come from different areas. Um, you know, we, we didn't know if Ethan Kruger was ready to be the starter. He proved that he's a, a number one goaltender in this league. I think we had question marks about Nolan Ritchie, if he was going to be able to recover from a serious injury. He answered those questions. You have your, your 16 year olds. You don't know how they're going to respond. There's, there is a million questions you could ask, go up and down the lineup for our, just our team alone. And I'm sure every other team had those significant questions as well. And, and I think, you know, regardless of what, uh, you know, next year looks like we played for what we had in front of us and, and we were able to win that. So yeah, we'll take, we'll take the win. We'll we'll be the East division champions for 2021. And when you look at that team coming back next year, you have a, a very young, talented group that we saw absolutely shine. Like you talked about getting some of the 16 year olds, some of their feet wet. It was a little more than that. I mean, we saw a, Danielson getting some some major power play time. Uh, we saw Rorsma and Zimmer getting time on the second line throughout. Uh, it was uh, Highland. He had a fantastic twenty four games. So from from those young guys and knowing that uh, that you know you've got uh, even more in the system coming up. How exciting is that? You know, go, going in the fact that you guys were the top team in the in the East Division this year, and it looks so bright for the future. Well, I think when you look at the East Division, you look at the young guys throughout the division. Our young guys are good. Other teams have good young guys too, like Regina has Bedard, uh, uh, Swift Current has the the Ward boy. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Moose Jaw has Jaeger, who's a, who's fifty. You know, I, he played significant minutes. So, um, Pete, Prince Albert had the young defenseman. He played significant minutes and was playing against the top top lines at the end. So, every team has their young guys coming forward. 
Again, we'll worry about our group. Our guys got enough ice time. We thought, uh, you know, Nate Danielson, quarterback, the second unit power play. Ryland Rorsma played on the penalty kill. Tyson Zimmer got some time on the power play and played up the lineup. Up, you know, Rorsma and Zimmer played up and down the lineup. And we put them in the fourth line. We put them on the first line. We put them on the second line, the checking line. Um, you know, they played, they got a lot of experience. Logan Hammond played uh, a regular shift with Braden Schneider. Uh, a number of times, another a number of games, he played a regular shift with Jacob Hoffragi, played against other teams, second and third lines. You know, so we got significant minutes for our young guys. Um, I think that, uh, you know, everybody's going to, we'll see how big a step they take, you know, going forward. It's it's going to be a little bit different. You you know, One thing you don't have to factor in is the travel. So, you know, instead of our, our rookies you know, getting on the bus and going to Prince Albert, getting off the bus and playing, and then coming back and then playing the next day. They didn't have to do that this year. They had, they got to play every other day. So that's a little bit different. That'll be a little bit taxing on everybody, but everybody, all the young guys are going to go through it. You know, the difference for me would be Nate Danielson played against other teams, you know, either top pair or second pair most nights. Um, Connor Bedard played against the number one pair most nights. Some of the other rookies in the in the division didn't didn't have to do that, you know. Like if you look at, um, let's say Benson from Winnipeg, yeah, he 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 was a really good player. I don't think he drew the he didn't draw Braden Schneider every night. You know, next year he will. So those are those are significant things that you know time will tell who has the best young guys. But we like our young guys. We think we have a good mix there. And um, we like our older guys. So I think you know the future is bright. We just got to make sure we have good fits and everybody's working towards the same goal. So what's on Don McGilvery's to-do list now as the off season sets in? I mean, if you compare this to a regular, uh, regular season, I mean, this would have been about the time the regular season or sorry, me, the, the championship series would be ending roughly around now. Memorial cup would be starting in about a week to 10 days time. So when you look at the off season time-wise, it doesn't change a lot as a, you know, if, if you were otherwise, uh, you know, a really good team in the finals. So what's, What's the to-do list? What's the timeline moving forward here into the summer? Well, for me, I, I mean, I, I've, I've finished my exit meetings with the players before we left Regina. So I've talked to every player that, that was in Regina. You know, I'll probably reach out to some of our, our younger guys that are coming up through the system and I'll try to make our team next year. Um, and communicate, you know, what the expectations will be for them going forward. I think the other thing is, is we want to, you know, take a hard look at our team. Um, between myself and Doug Gasper, Darren Ritchie, and, and look and see, you know, what our deficiencies are, how we can address that. We have the import draft coming up that I, I've played a part in the past. I'm, I'm sure I'll play a part in again. Um, so uh, there's there's lots to do. There's, you know, looking at the other team's depth charts, getting those organized, and then planning training camp. You know, we, we, whenever training camp is, we don't know that yet, but whenever that is, you know, having a plan for that, putting that together, making sure that everything's ready to go, you know, talking to the training staff to make sure that the players have what they need for the off season. Um, there's, there is still a lot of work to do. Hockey doesn't really stop. You know, we probably get to the middle of June and then things will slow down quite a bit, but for the most part, uh, you know, it'll be business as usual here trying to, you know, stay on top of the players. We got players, you know, Ridley Greg's playing for Belleville. So I'll watch his games. I got Ben McCartney's in Tucson. So if he plays a game, we'll, we'll get to see him play. Um, and then, like I said, just, just recap and going through our systems, making sure, um, I've got video done for next year, making sure that, you know, we, we want to do, we want to be on top of things to make sure we we're you know, if we want to make changes, we can, we can do that. 
You know, Don, you've been so nice so far on this, but we need a clip that's going to help go viral. We need we need you to get <laughs> a little bit negative here. You've been so nice. Uh, what what's one thing about uh, about about this past season that uh, that you were just fed up with, and why was it Crow talking to you in the post game shows? <laughs> well, he wasn't very nice. You know, oh, like, come on. Uh, that yeah. was that well, was some of my highlights. Was, like was, some, was some of the things games. he says, like uh, you know, like just come up with a better question than the opening question. What are your thoughts? You know, like maybe <laughs> just just, just uh, a better question than that. Like I have, I, I've told him before, he doesn't have to give me uh, softballs every day. I can I can answer the big boy questions, but uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I I enjoyed every every minute of it like I, I was sent telling my wife you know when I got the job I didn't wasn't you know I thought, I thought maybe this was be uh not a great way to start my head coaching career in Brandon but it turned out to be the best way to start my head coaching career in Brandon because I was totally immersed in hockey I, I've never watched so much hockey in my life you know I watched all our games all the other teams games NHL games like we had hockey on in our room you know 24 7 pretty much so uh, and just being around people that want to talk hockey, you know, it was, it was great. So uh, I I enjoyed the experience. I mean, I, it would have been nice to come home and go back and that kind of thing. But for the most, I, I love the games, the preparation for the games, uh, all the, all that stuff is great to practices. But for me, the biggest thing is the players, the way our group got along and how they conducted themselves for me was outstanding. I, I couldn't have asked for a better group of kids. They, they were respectful, you know, and people made comments when we left the University of Regina of how respectful our group was, um, it, you know, and and it's easy to be a good when you're, you know, it's easy to be a good teammate when things are going well. It's when things are going bad, when you find out if you really have those true characters. We had some tough days and guys really stuck together. You know, um, when, um, when we had the, the, the tragedy with Jackson Dubé's family, uh, midway through, you know, that was a really tough day. That was a tough day for our group and our guys handled it so, so well. Our leadership group handled that so well. Um, you know, you really became a family there. I think that that, uh, you know, we talk a lot about that in, in Brandon about being a family and, and that really came to light on in that particular moment. Um, you know, and just to see how happy they were to win some games and uh, just to see how, how you know different guys got credit, different guys got the uh, recognition after the game from the peers. So it was really special too. So um, couldn't could have been happier. I, I you know I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the training staff, Scooter and Will and Jody. I mean those three guys did an unbelievable job. They kept they kept everybody light and loose as Scooter can and and. Uh, and Will was. You Will don't was, say. You don't say. <laughs> Will Will was. You know he was the the the, the hard ass so to speak and and made sure we felt followed protocol protocols. But uh, those guys did an unbelievable job. Mark did an unbelievable job with the food. You know the food was a bit of a challenge at the start, and he did an unbelievable job as as we went along in the hub. And I just think every everybody did their job. You know with the two coaches. I don't know, well three coaches. Uh, Todd, Mark, and Dan did their jobs, and and uh, the training staff did their jobs. But the training staff kept things fun. They, they, uh, they, you know, when things were getting a little stale during the day, they would they would spark it up. You know, and Crozy helped out a lot with that too, like getting us groceries and and whatever the guys needed. Uh, he 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 helped out a lot too. So we had, you know, it was just a it was just a really neat experience. 
One of my favorite things would be to tally up Scott Halady's uh, candy and Slurpee bill because, I mean, you know, when, when Don McGilvery sends me a grocery list, it's usually like, hey, we need some dish soap, loaf of bread, maybe some hash browns and some eggs, you know, so we can cook some breakfast. And then Scooter's list is like bag of mini eggs, uh, Slurpee from 7-Eleven, and if they got any salt, <laughs> bring those I do. It was totally opposite. It was like dealing with a 10-year-old kid. It was fantastic. <laughs> But that's what he is. That's who he is. He's Chris Farley dressed up as Scott Lady. Yeah. So well, certainly, uh, the other the, the other thing, and I, I just want to reiterate what you said about you know the 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 fact you didn't know that it was going to be a good thing to start your career, and and I was in the same boat as you, saying, "Oh man, this this is going to suck." Like it, I I was very pessimistic going into this, thinking this is going to be no fun. It's going to be lame without fans. I don't know how I'm going to get into it. But after about three days of being at training camp, you just felt like, man, this is going to be a really unique experience. And and I was telling Chris, and I, I think I told Scooter after one of the games, the night that the referees uh, called Braden Schneider on the checking to head on, on Benson in the final 40 seconds of the game, I punched the wall in the press box out of anger. And I thought, that is the most passionate and angry I've been in a game in years. And there's not even a fan in the building. So anyone that said it wasn't intense and wasn't passionate, well, they were just wrong because it was awesome from start to finish. And uh, you guys playing as well as you did certainly made it uh, that much more fun. But when you look at the 20-year-olds, let's touch on them a little bit. You get Lyndon McCallum, Ben McCartney, and Reed Perplick. They're all cut from a completely different cloth, and they're all such different players, but they all did what they were asked of. And realistically, the three of them probably played the best hockey of their careers in their own separate paths. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Lyndon got hot uh, last the last quarter for sure. I think he, everything that he was touching was going in, and uh, he did a real nice job on the power play. And I think that uh, you know Reed Perpelek made a name for himself early in the hub. I mean, he he wallpapered some guys uh, in some games and and showed his speed and tenacity. And um, you know, I, I think that uh, Marcus Kondiak played like Marcus Kondiak. He just played uh, a 200-foot game. was hard to play against. Uh, killed penalties, blocked shots. And for me, his block shot blocking was a, a difference maker in the, early in the hub. I think he, he, he soaked a lot of shots that a lot of guys wouldn't get down and block shots. And I remember James Patrick saying after we beat him the first game, the difference in the game was how many shot, shots we blocked in that particular game. And that was, the, that was for me, the TSN turning point for us because it was, you know, we had, we'd lost a Moose Jaw team that we felt like we should beat. And then we beat Winnipeg without Ridley in the lineup. And that was a big moment for our group because I felt like our guys got a buy-in to how we wanted to play. So the leaders, the lead of those three 20 year olds, you know, did their jobs. Um, you know, we thought Lyndon McCallum would score. He did. We thought Reed Perpick would have a presence. He he did. And we thought Marcus Kondrick would be a solid 200 foot player. And he was so credit to those guys. Sorry, I said Ben McCartney. I meant Marcus Sekundiak. I was actually just looking at a picture of Ben. That's why I said that. So anyway, that's that's creepy. No, I was looking. (laughs) Donnie, I was looking up the. You said he'd gone to Tucson. I was just checking to see if the team had ever uh, had put anything out yet. But uh, obviously, he hasn't signed yet. So until he does, uh, they won't make anything public. But yeah, that's the confusion. Donnie, come on. I I brought you coffee. I brought you bacon. (laughs) I brought you Coke Zeros. I brought you everything you wanted, right? Delivered right no, to the door. No, 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 no. Let me correct you. You did not bring me Coke Zeros. You brought me Coke because I don't like Coke Zero. <laughs> I, I like the real stuff. And you brought oh, me yes. Kit Kats. Oh, Kit the Kit Kats. It's funny because I brought home. See, so for the fans at home, I, I started shopping for the team at this Canadian wholesale club. And it's like a 
poor man's Costco, but you can get a ton of things in bulk. And the coaches wanted a little snack for the coach's office. So I got this big jumbo bag of Kit Kats. Well, I think the coaches plowed through about three of those bags over the course of the final month. And then I brought two bags home and my wife goes, what is this? Why are you bringing candy into the house? It's not Halloween. I said, blame it on Donnie because he's got me hooked on these mini Kit Kats. So they kept me happy. (laughs) They kept me happy. And uh, one thing I wanted to say is like, you know, early in the hub, the hardest thing for me was to stay stay positive. You know, I'm, I'm the leader of the group, right? To stay positive because if I got, you know, if I was negative, then someone else is going to be negative, right? So I think that uh, that was that was a, a bit of a challenge at the start. But there was only a couple of days where I was really grouchy, and I went to my own room and just closed my door. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that makes me laugh, but when I you just, guys I just <laughs> when you guys were in the game, Donnie, and there's no crowd. Can you hear Crow like when he's getting animated and he starts to yell doing his call or any of the radio guys? Can you, can you hear them at all? I I can't, but um, you know I'm getting old, so my hearing's not the best. I don't know if the other guys can. Usually, like in the games, I don't hear much. You know, I, you know it's funny. Like I didn't even notice. Like I didn't notice the crowd behind us. Like I didn't notice. Like you don't. You know what I mean? Even in in Westman, I I don't. I don't hear things, you know, so if people are yelling at me to, to do something, I don't really hear them. You know, I can just hear noise. So uh, I, I couldn't hear him, but apparently uh, he was very vocal one night after we, after Saskatoon, uh, <laughs> their coach walked off with his shirt untucked or something. So apparently Crozy was yelling from the press box that night. I don't know what you're talking about, Donnie. Uh, I was as professional as professional can be. Uh, <laughs> That is a that is that is very inaccurate. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's not what I heard. No, that's not. It was entirely true. I was fired up, Donnie, and I like I've said to Doug Gasper uh, right after the uh, Winnipeg game where you guys won in a shootout, uh, or sorry, won in overtime after the call to Braden Schneider that had me just furious. I said to Doug after the game, I said it's a good thing. Uh, that uh, I said, sorry, uh, you're, it's a good thing uh, you're not officially the GM yet because if it was, your first order of duty would be to pay my fines for <laughs> yelling at the officials all night long on the radio. Uh, that leads me to my next question. When it's the same referees and linesmen night after night, I mean, normally the Western League, if you get sick of a guy, you might not see him for two months. As a coach, I know you're not overly animated, but after a while when you saw refs get out of the ice, were you just rolling your eyes thinking, not this clown again? Or, or how are you handling so many of the same guys over and over? No, it's funny because I'll tell you a funny story. So if you remember the game that uh, we lost to Regina and uh, they called the penalty at the end of the game and they didn't call the other penalty and, right. and then Regina scored on the power play and the refs looked at the call and, and they, met, they they came the next time they out and they, uh, and they uh, apologized. They both came by the bench one by one and apologized. They missed the call, missed the call. And that was the game we played Winnipeg and we got no power plays and they had six or seven. And, and, uh, and, uh, so, so I can't remember which referee was, uh, he comes by the bench and he says, uh, I just said, you know, like, listen, I, I, I know, I get it. We're taking penalties, but I'm pretty sure they've taken one or two. And he says, I'm with you. I'm with you. I said, well, I sure hate to see you when you're against me then. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, those guys had a tough job. I mean, they and I think they did a pretty good job for the most part. I think, uh, you know, there was a lot. There was some games where other team. I, I was watching the box scores, and 
some teams didn't get a power play either or got one power play to six or seven. And that's just the way it is, you know, and uh, it's like, it's the, on that particular game that I was alluding to, you know, we didn't get the call at the end of the game, but the game against Regina where, you know, Regina thought that we, we had interfered with their guy in overtime. We got the call that night. So it usually balances out. I, I tried to build a rapport with those guys, you know, like they're, they're all pretty good guys. I think that uh, you just try to build rapport and hopefully, you know, you have a bit of a relationship, but it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean you can't yell at them or, or give them what for. I mean, Bryce, Bryce Sebastian came to the bench and he says, what? Well, I don't know why I come over here. I said, I don't know why you do either. <laughs> like get away, you know? So, you know, you have, you have those uh, banter. And then we talked afterwards, you know, like, so, I mean, it's, it's all good. Was it hard to hide? Like, was it hard? Like, that's the difference. I was going to say, so you don't have the fans, so you don't have the kind of ambient noise. Yes, they were pumping music, but what was it harder to hide your frustration with the officials? Like, even if you kind of half-ass on breath, you know, said that's a terrible call, normally a referee or linesman might not hear it because of everything else going on. Did you have to catch yourself a couple times saying, geez, that was a little loud. I shouldn't have said that. No, I, no. I mean, you're wearing a mask. They can't see your facial expression. That's even better, right? So, uh, <laughs> it's it, uh, you know, and didn't really have. We we did a few times, but not not a not a lot where we went after the referees. I mean, like I said, they have a tough job. I think uh, you know you do get tired of seeing the same guy over and over. Like, but you understand the circumstances. And credit to those guys. I mean, some of those guys were driving. You know, like I know Blosky was driving from Regina to Winnipeg to do a moose game and then back. And, you know, they're, they're spending time in the, in the hotel by themselves as well. So credit to those guys. James Kevy played without the referees. So, oh, I don't know how they did it. And a lot of them have regular, real good full time jobs, whether they're police officers or bankers or firefighters or whatever. <laughs> they had to take some time off to come and do this. So, I, I, I told Mike Lang, and if you make one more bad call, I get a free set of clubs from Taylor Made. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. I, I just felt like at times, you know, it was um, it was like Groundhog Day, like you said. So did you guys do anything um, when it came to the – I know mental health is a big thing right now for the players. So I know especially during camp, some of the other teams had guys speak to the team via Zoom or uh, special guests call in and talk to the team or anything like that. Did you have anybody – uh, that these you know these players could sit and chat with or anything like that. What was your plan to keep the guys mentally sharp? Because you said it was difficult for you, and you're a grown man who's gone through life, right? I mean, some of these kids maybe don't not sure how to deal with the the grind that is uh, the hockey season. Yeah, so we what we did is we did um, we did our, our our team zooms. So you know everybody was in their own room. So we did team meetings where we went over systems. Uh, we went, did a system check. We went through, you know, so one day we'd do four check. One day we'd do defensive zone coverage. One day we did, um, you know, whatever, whatever it was on that particular day. Then we had special, we had guest speakers. So we had different guys speaking to our team. Ryan Pulak spoke to our guys one night. We had, uh, we had Kelly speak to us one night. Uh, we had Sam Constantino speak to the group one night. And Sheldon Kennedy did one for the, the whole league one night, which is really good. So we had, yeah, we had something going on, uh, you know, at least four nights anyway, where the guys were, you know, it occupied an hour of their day, really. That's all it was. So, um, and then Will did, you know, we did workouts uh, on Zoom and then he did, we did yoga 
uh, with Chelsea. We we did yoga, Johnny. I, I I tuned in one day. I didn't actually do it. I tuned in <laughs> just to see, make sure everybody was on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the team the team did yoga. Yeah, let's, I'm not that flexible. Come on. <laughs> I'm about as flexible as you, Crow. So yeah, no, I wouldn't be doing it either. I'm laughing, but you and me would be sitting on the sidelines for that. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, and we did lots of different things like that, and then and then once the once training camp got on, you know, we didn't do we didn't do any Zoom meetings after that, and everybody was together. But we did have like uh, we did two trivia nights, like or not trivia, but uh, we played Jeopardy in, in groups. So we did two different Jeopardy games. Uh, we did a rookie idol night, which was a lot of fun. It was a lot of uh, interesting uh, song selections from some of the guys, and and they did a real good job. But it was fun. It was, you know, I think that was uh, one of the funner nights where the guys, you know, got, it was an icebreaker. You know, they got more comfortable around their teammates. Uh, played ping pong a lot, a lot of ping pong tournament, uh, which the coaches participated in, and uh, it was fun. And then. Um, you know, we watched hockey together. Like it, it was good. We did laundry. <laughs> like one, the nights that we had uh, the, the the room, we had laundry at the same time. So guys were doing the laundry, coming in, playing a game, kind of thing, and just hanging out. And then uh, we kind of have a tradition where the guys that sign, they buy ice cream for everybody. So we had two nights where the guys bought ice cream for the whole group, which was great. And uh, so normally we do that in Lethbridge at the marble slab there, but uh, we did Dairy Queen this year. So it was good. Uh, in the office right now, we're putting together a number of like ideas of, you know, top 10 lists. Looking back at the season, I'm going to throw in a couple of, uh, a couple of categories. And I want you to tell me the, the play that sticks out in your mind for that. So first of all, it's going to like, if I was going to say, uh, what is the nicest goal that happened in the hub? Probably the, uh, the odd man rush of uh, uh to McCartney scores basically from the goal line. That was a, that was a really nice play. I think we had some really nice. Oh, there's like, some well, ex- well executed plays though. Like well executed uh, entries where we pushed through the middle and made the play to the outside. And it was a tap and, you know, like, and then I can think of McCartney scored two goals, both similar where he went backhand, top corner, top shelf, you know, like just, just those, those goals. Uh, there were a I lot of nice ones. We filled up that board so quick and we had to start whittling it down. It was like, how did all this happen in just 24 games? <laughs> like there was a, like a, a normal regular season worth of highlights for Wee Kings. I, I think that this, you know, a top 10 hit package it's more so than in the last like five, six years. Like we had what? so many big hits this year. I looked at the like video that you sent me halfway through and it was only halfway through. Yeah. There, yeah. there was some big time hits in that video and, uh, and nice goals too. Like nice goals, nice saves. Like there was some, some highlight real plays in that uh, highlight package. And it was funny that night when you sent it to me, we, uh, we played it at the end of one of our pregame meetings and we were playing Moose Jaw that night and Moose Jaw's uh, room was right across the hallway from us. And I had the volume turned up as high as it could go. And it was just blasting like, and to the point where I know Moose Jaw could hear it for sure. It was, it was pretty, uh, pretty funny, but uh, no, I mean, we had, uh, 
Donner's that, 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 ma- that, that makes me so happy right now. Knowing <laughs> knowing that, that that got played before the game and, and that they got to hear that too. That's awesome. Yeah, and then you wouldn't put eight up on him, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was uh hype videos a, work, man. Hype videos work. Yeah, and we had we had a couple special videos. Uh uh we had uh one couple Jane Jane Normanton sent us a couple videos too. So nice. it was we showed those on game days as well. It was you know, the guys enjoyed that stuff. So um yeah, I mean there was there was a lot of a lot of really neat things that happened for sure. Well, Donnie, we'll let you get going. Um, I guess if we look at the summer from a non-hockey perspective, what sort of things you got on the go here? I, I know that the last couple of summers you had mentioned uh, maybe a – do you have a family cottage or did your family sell it? Or what's the story there? Do you do you go up and do some vacationing up at the cottage or are you you're a big golfer? What's your summer plan look like away from the ring? Just be you golfing against some, Brian Munns a lot, right? I'll try to get some golf in. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what, what the plan is here so far. But, yeah, I mean – play some golf and uh, do some, looks like we'll be doing staycations again. So traveling around Manitoba and seeing some different spots and, you know, um, but that's what we did last year. That's probably what we'll end up doing next year. Well, Pretty boring stuff. <laughs> uh, what are you, you, come and, uh, you can come and feed the sheep one day, Donnie, in the summer. You can come I'll pass on that. Eggs. <laughs> that's not a euphemism for anything either. I'm being serious. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. Donnie, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, talking to us here this week. We, of course, appreciate it. Hey, guys, anytime. Uh, you guys, uh, just thanks for promoting the team and uh, thanks for everything you guys do. Uh, you did a great job. Obviously, we're being away and Crozier, you always do a good job. But I can't tell you how many comments I got about uh, the voice of the Brandon Weekings versus uh, some of the voices in, of the other teams. So, you should be proud of the job that you do. And uh, we certainly are of you. So uh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Special thanks to Don McGilvery, our guest here on episode 54, head coach of the Brandon Wheat Kings, an unbelievable season for the BWK and certainly trying uh, season, difficult to grind. I know he's got, you know, he's got three kids, Jackson, Joel and Jane and his wife, Leslie back home. I know it's a little different for Donnie because all three of his kids are grown, but I really want to tip my cap to, to Mark, and Todd we know Donnie mentioned in the interviews they've got young kids and you know for Mark's wife Jenna she's trying to get through her education at the university and two young kids and uh if you if you know the Durlegos at all that you know the youngest boy Finn he's he's a wild thing so um you know tip of the cap to the wives I know especially for me uh Brandy held down the fort here I mean doing all the work with the chickens and the animals and two dogs and a cat and keeping the house going there was still snow on the ground that needed to be moved around and lots of things needed to be done so uh, the wives, the girlfriends, the kids, uh, grandparents that helped out uh, taking care of all the staff's kids. I mean, Scooter's wife, T, um, you know, Jody, uh, you know, his wife, uh, Jay at home supporting the team from from his house. It just took a, a big effort. And, and again, before uh, we go too far, I think fans that may not have listened to the game specifically uh, may not know that, you know, Chris, you and Katie and, and Kelly especially have done an excellent job. You guys have really set the bar, though. You might have shot yourself in the foot here because of all the seven teams in the hub, the Brandon Wheat Kings had the best content top to bottom. And I heard that from several other teams, business people complimenting what you guys did. So Brandon Wheat King fans are lucky to have you guys and what you were doing. Um, but moving forward, you got some big shoes to fill to keep it up because fans have come to expect it. But uh, certainly it was a team effort right from the front office to the laundry room, to the coach's office, to the radio booth. It was uh, 
it took it took everybody. Everybody was pulling on the rope in the same direction, and thankfully, uh, it turned out. It was it was a great event. It sure was. And now we uh, we we turn the page on it, and we can only look forward to the future. I mean, we are going to be celebrating it coming up in the next few weeks. Look out the Week King social media, like we're talking about with that content. I mean, we're we're not done putting it out either. Uh, we have a number of things that are going to be uh, uh, rolling out. Um, don't want to spill the beans just yet, but uh, by the time this hits. Uh, the news might already be hitting, but uh, you can check out our social media. We have a lot going on here in the next in the next few weeks. Uh, in the email inbox, qweeklyharvest at gmail.com, qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. We just got two in here this week. Uh, first of all, we have got Matt, um, who just wanted to literally, he just says, I want to say hi. Uh, I think he wants to see if we actually read all the emails. He just That's all it says, I want to say hi. So I'm telling you, we literally read all the emails if, if that one's going to make the pod this week. Uh, the other one, is from uh, from Jerry and uh, Jerry uh, had the question that I actually worked into the interview with Don. He was the one who wanted to know if he could uh, if he could hear Crow uh, when we're doing the broadcasts because uh, I think also we talked about that early, if I remember too, didn't we? Like in the pod, yeah, like early in the I, hub I that kind of came up. I think Caden Daly uh, during the anthems, Caden Daly looked up and winked at me uh, because that story, I was that's what it was. I was talking. I just didn't time it quite well enough, so I was still talking when the anthem started. So the whole building was dead silent except for me throwing the commercial. And I looked down at the ice level and Caden Daly looked up and winked at me. So, um, yeah, I, people how, on the ice. How nice was it at the end of the season for Caden oh. Daly when he was going off the ice to stop and, you know, say bye to everybody? I thought I, that was. I'm an emotional guy. And, and, and people say to me all the time, and by people, I mean my wife, that I get way too emotional, like way too engaged in this. And like I said earlier in the interview, like, was there was it necessary for me to punch the wall in anger at a missed call in an in a season? Probably not. Um, but that's just how engaged I get. And and when Caden scale, skated over to the bench, oh man, I, I was just welling up because Caden Daly is the first player I ever did an interview with. Uh, I, I love the kid. I mean, and and you would agree he's one of the best people. He's one of the best people I've rolled. met in my time with the Brandon Wheat Kings. Oh. It is it is a shame at times how he was treated uh, with some of our fan base. Uh, a lot of pressure, you know, being that being that first round draft pick. Um, but uh, I have nothing but time for Caden Daly, and uh, that was I, I I love seeing that scene too. I'm with you. It was it was emotional to see, you know, and, and knowing now that you know that his dub career is wrapping up um, as he was skating off the ice, and yeah, that was that was emotional. But when you brought his name up, I thought we should tell that story too because the people didn't really yeah. see that. And I've stayed in touch with Caden uh, right when he got traded to Regina. Uh, Brandy and I had our first calf that belongs to us. And just with the way the numbering system works at, you know, Pollock Charlotte's, my in-laws farm, it was number 11. Number 11, yeah. Right after he got traded. So, and it was a boy. So um, I said to Brandy, I said, we got to name this thing. And she goes, well, what are we going to name it? I said, Dales. She said, okay. And so I took a picture of this cow, number 11 with the tag, and I sent it to Caden. And I said, there you go, buddy. You're going to live long in Manitoba. Well, at least until you go to the butcher shop. But <laughs> at the end of the day... Uh, I have a cow. Uh, you know, Where is Dale's now? Is he still on the farm? Uh, no, Dale's. Dale's got sold, uh, but uh, we ended up getting. We ended up having another one, and its number was one hundred and eleven. So I'm not kidding you. It's there's something in the water here. Uh, but this one's a girl, and uh, this one I I didn't name it. But, Daily. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it it was just funny that right after he got traded, we had a calf and it was number eleven, and I had a I had a good chuckle. And every every time I'd walk through the pasture and I'd see it, I'd take a picture of it and send it to Dale's. <laughs> so 
anyway, that's just a stupid story. But him going through the handshake line and hugging all the players, ah, man, that was a great moment. Pro, uh, we are in the offseason now, so all we have is time for stupid stories. So don't worry about that, it. <laughs> oh, man. It's May 3rd, and I've already gone off the rails. It's, don't worry uh, about it. There are a lot of podcasts in the future for us to go off the rails on. Uh, thank you, everybody, for staying connected here to the Brandon Wheat Kings, the weekly harvest presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wheat Kings. Please drink responsibly. Again, a massive thanks to Q Country, the home to all things Wheat Kings. Uh, all 24 games was on Q. The Crow's Nest, of course, here the weekly harvest. So thanks to Q. You can get all the previous episodes at qcountryfm.ca or however you get your podcast, right? Apple, Google, Spotify. But we really appreciate everybody who subscribes and who downloads. And uh, we don't plan on uh, on 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 stopping the content, even though it's the off season. Uh, we want you know things to keep on rolling. So we're gonna just kind of see how it goes. But um, we'll be talking more about about fishing. Yes, probably. <laughs> we'll be talking more about farm animals. You betcha. Sheep. I got sheep coming right away you here. Betcha. And, uh, Wait till we can break down the daily sheep schedule. Uh, but, well, I uh, wonder. Like, I don't know if these sheep are tagged or not, or if I have to do it. And if I do. I'm going to have to come up some, with some names for these sheep, so we might have ourselves a little sheep naming contest here on the podcast, too. And so. you know, with the name Weekly Harvest, it, it perfectly it fits works. in. It perfectly fits <laughs> in, so why not? Okay, well, until next week, keep your pitchforks in the hay. <laughs> Is that a farmer saying? Keep your pitchforks in the hay? Keep your pitchforks in the hay? Keep your sticks on the ice? I'm trying to think of something similar. Keep your shovels uh, in the ground? I. I, that's a good question. I'm going to have to phone my grandfather. There's got to be some kind of farmer thing that we could end it on instead of that. <laughs> also, for the record, I have to say, uh, the fact that you guys picked up on my one funny thing that I subtly slipped in right before I went to commercial break, when <laughs> when Regina's Drew Englot was in the crease and it started a kerfuffle, and I said Englot's about as popular as a porcupine at a balloon festival. And I just <laughs> and we sent you just some porcupines. You guys just instantly sent me and. <laughs> Same with Pete Gerlinger and Perry. They both sent me pictures of porcupines. I was, I loved it because I said it and then I was like, ah, I bet you no one heard it because it was at the end of the play and everyone heard it. I had a good chuckle. Trust me. So. We, we hear what you say. Uh, <laughs> your, your call alone when we're doing, um, you know, some of this year end content stuff and we're trying to like place it and, and, and do different things with some of the goals. Your call alone for me on the bend backhand goal, it bumped it ahead of the other one. Just because of your call. Like, cause they're both so similar. They're backhand goals. The one Ben gets just around the defender and, and, and roofs it with no room. Beautiful goal. Other one has a bit more room. It's a breakaway, but same thing. He backhands it. But you said, uh, it was, uh, as slick as a barbecue brisket or as greasy as a. It was, it's actually a line from a song. Right. So what back, song was it? So back in high school, uh, and right after high school, one of my best friends, Ward Susky, uh, sponsor of the broadcast at Gwyn Brothers Memorials in Ipua. He said to me, we were drinking one night, a couple of Coors Lights, official beer of the Brandon Wheat Kings, and we were listening to the song Rollin' by Big and Rich. And it's featured Cowboy Troy, who's this big, giant cowboy who comes in and like freestyle raps during this country music. And Ward and I had gone down to the Minot State Fair, and he sung this song, and anyway, we were having a good time. And that's one of the lines from the, from the song where he says, uh, slicker, slicker than the grease than- from a barbecue brisket, got more chunk than a fresh potato salad. And he's talking about a girl and her tight jeans and whatever else. But he said to me that night, he goes, Ward says to me, he goes, man, you should try and use that on the radio someday (laughs) because I was working in radio. And I have never forgot that moment. And him, every once in a while, him and I'll be playing golf and he'll make a shot. And I'll say, man, that was slicker than the grease from a barbecue brisket. And he has a laugh at it. And finally, 
after 10 years of broadcasting, I was able to slip it in. It worked out perfectly. I actually sent the highlight to Cowboy Troy's Twitter page, and he liked it and responded and said it was absolutely awesome. And he's not a hockey guy by any means. So that's the backstory behind it. Um, it was kind of like uh, Super Troopers. You know where the, the two cops, he tries to get the other one to say, say meow. meow. Many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was kind of like that, but it was like 13 years in the making. So well, uh, don't expect too many more of those ridiculous things, but this one uh, I had to slip in there, and uh, it worked out quite well. So no, It was a lot of fun. All right. Side story's over. Have yourself a yeah. great week. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, cheers. Be sure to follow Q Country and the Wheat Kings on Twitter and Facebook for all your Brandon Wheat Kings news. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest. Oh, 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 oh,